our journey is unique and it's it's just hard to compare to someone else's. It's so toxic and it's something that will kill your motivation. It will kill everything. And so it's it's one of the things that I tell people often, other newbie writers coming up, debut authors that, you know, don't compare, don't look, just focus on your journey, focus on your mission and focus on your readers and their needs. And it will happen. Whatever is to happen, you know, it will happen. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to the Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci, and today we are joined by the award-winning international best-selling author, Keisha Blair. Keisha is the author of Holistic Wealth Expanded and Updated Version with 36 life lessons to help you recover from disruption, find your life purpose, and achieve financial freedom. And I can tell you, uh, after meeting Keisha and speaking with her about her journey, I think uh, she's very highly qualified to write on this topic. Actually, Keisha's publishing journey kind of began with a viral article that she wrote called My Husband Died at Age 34, and Here Are 40 Life Lessons I Learned From It. Now, this particular blog post was viewed by more than 50 million people globally. So it totally went viral. And this ultimately led to her getting a book deal, writing a book, getting published first here in the U.S., and then in multiple other countries and other languages. Keisha also is regarded as the mother of holistic wealth and the founder of the Holistic Wealth Movement and the founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. So lots of different angles on holistic wealth. She is a Harvard-trained policy expert and economist and was part of the Prime Minister's supporting delegation to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland and the East Asia Summit in Singapore. Keisha has been profiled in the New York Times, Real Simple Magazine, Forbes, Harvard Business Review, Essence Magazine, and many, many others. So we are so lucky to have her here today. And uh, what you will hear when you are listening to this interview, keep your ears peeled, <laughs> if, if that's such a thing, for some things that Keisha has to say, some really interesting things on the process of writing a book and some of the things that she thought about when making those vital decisions about what to leave in and what to leave out. Also, she's got some great insight to share on how she secured big name endorsers like Ariana Huffington. Also, her foreword to her book was written by the iconic actress Kelly Rutherford. Uh, star of Gossip Girl, Melrose Place, and Dynasty. So you're going to hear from Keisha about some of the ways that she approached those requests. And I think that you will find some great nuggets in there for your own journey. So enjoy. Keisha, welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm so glad to be here, Robin. Thanks for having me. 
Well, it's such a, a pleasure and, and an honor to have you. I, um, you know, I've I've enjoyed getting to know a little bit about you and uh, and your journey to authorship. And I'm very excited to have you share with our readers because I just know they're going to learn so much from uh, your experience. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about. I, I'm I'm curious because I know you had this viral uh, post that this article that you wrote. My husband died at age 34. Here are 40 life lessons I learned from it that was viewed by more than 50 million people globally. I'm curious, did that happen before or after you wrote Holistic Wealth? Yeah, so that happened before I wrote Holistic Wealth. And that was actually the catalyst for the book. Because so my author journey has been so meandering, it's been winding. And (laughs) and so I was writing this memoir because I had in my head that I would do it, you know, my story in that genre. And I thought to myself, you know what, what have I learned from, you know, this tragedy that happened? And so I, I penned that article in like a few hours and just posted it on Thrive Global. And, you know, I didn't expect it to go viral, but it did. The authors, um, sorry, the editors at Thrive Global and elsewhere emailed me like it, it was unbelievable. But yes, as you said, Robin, 50 million people eventually saw it as it made its way through social media and online. You know, I had family members calling me, oh, your article's on MSN. It's on the New York Observer. It's all over the place. And <laughs> and it's unbelievable. It took on a life of its own. And then other bloggers picked it up, and, you know, designated it as like the best article for millennials of February, you know, 2018. This was back in 2018. And it was just unbelievable how it just took on legs and just roamed as if it was just, you know, walking away from me and saying, bye, I'm just going to roam the globe. So that's what happened in an agent. And of course, I was still working on the memoir. So I'm still shopping it around to different agents. And one agent said, but no, you need to shelve that. You need to just put that manuscript down. You need to write this book. (laughs) I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Like, I'm going to have to write another book now. <laughs> so I listened though, you know, it was tough. And I sat down and I pouted for a, a couple of weeks. And then I said, you know what? <laughs> She's probably right. Because look at the tremendous success of this article. And so, you know, the memo- having that manuscript made it, you know, it made it easier because I could pull from my personal story. And so for Holistic Wealth, that's the reason why each chapter starts with my personal story first. And then it goes into the lessons. But yes, that was the whole reason and impetus behind it. Yeah. And what a what a good call, by the way, on the part of the agent. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've seen this happen a lot with people, especially when they've had something extraordinary happen in their lives. Like most people's husbands don't die when they're 34. Right. And so when you have an extraordinary story, I, I'm curious, did a lot of people in your life say, oh, my gosh, you've got to write the memoir? Was that like what what? What spurred you to to start off with the memoir as as the direction? Yeah. So what happened and, you know, I spoke about this in the book, too, was that I just started soul searching in a huge way, because as you said, Robin, not many people go through that experience so young. So he was 34. I was 31. And this was eight weeks after I gave birth to my second child. Only eight weeks. I was home on mat leave. I'm on maternity leave. I have another three year old child. 
And then when we found out the circumstances of what causes death, so it became a medical mystery. They had to gather pathologists and forensic scientists from the United States and Canada to examine the case. They found out it was pheochromocytoma, a disease so rare that most, most doctors will never see it in their lifetime, only in textbooks. So they'll never see a living case because it's so rare. And I thought, oh my gosh, there must be a reason why I went through this. And that's what prompted me to start writing, not only to help others, but to shed light on this illness. And yes, a lot of people were like, you have to write this. You have to do something with this. Other people started predicting that, you know, they would see me on stages and I'd be talking about it as a speaker, which I am now. And so, yeah, it was just so surreal. And most of my network, even broader networks, you know, of people, they said to me, well, we've never heard anything like this. This is an extraordinary story that you have to get out there. And of course, holistic wealth isn't a memoir, so to speak. It's self-help, but I took the lessons from that viral article because that's how it was structured, you know, more like lessons and made it into a story and, you know, self-help book that could help others, you know, go through any, it doesn't have to be like widowhood. It could be a divorce. It could be a chronic illness, but these lessons are life lessons that can help anyone. And they can apply to multiple circumstances and situations. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I'm, I'm so happy for you that you came across the agent who said, don't do a memoir. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because frankly, I think a lot of people, especially when you've gone through something extraordinary, the, fir- the kind of go-to, right? The, the presumption, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, if you're going to write a book, it should be a memoir. But, but truthfully, if you uh, look at the numbers, uh, memoirs don't sell very well. And so they're difficult to sell to the industry. Did you have that conversation with the agent? Like, did you, did you, did, how did she convince you to shift? I'm curious. Oh, you know what, Robin, I had shot this manuscript around to so many different agents and they were telling me the same thing you said. They're like, you're not Taylor Swift. You're not Beyonce. You know, (laughs) your story is amazing, but you're not a celebrity. This won't sell. And some of them went as far, you know, to tell me, because I was in touch with several who I knew personally, even in New York, um, some of the the more famous agents. And they're like, listen, we just put out several memoirs with writers with amazing platforms and they just did not sell. (laughs) So we're not... (laughs) They just did not sell. And these were books that they thought would sell well. So that was the experience. That was what I was told. And it was heartbreaking because I just didn't envision doing self-help because I just thought I need to get this story out. But when that article went viral, it really solidified to me the benefits of doing it in that way. And the different interest groups that were interested too, right? Then you get to see who your audience is, who's interested and why. So that was amazing, amazing lesson for me, too, as an author, in terms of who the different interest groups are and why they're interested in the message, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm let me ask you this. Did you still get to tell the stories you wanted to tell? I told the stories I wanted to tell, and especially in this updated and expanded version that was just released last March. Um, there's still a big part of it, though, that is not there because I didn't want to put, you know, I didn't want to 
Overdo it. Yeah. Overdo it. And so (laughs) the manuscript for the memoir is still there in terms of like telling the story about the illness and getting to that, getting into the meat of that, but not in this book. But I feel like the timing for the memoir wasn't, wasn't then it would have been at some other point, you know? And so I feel like everything that happened just was the right timing for everything and the right sequencing and pacing for different kinds of, you know, information based on where we're at, you know, in our lives and holistic wealth definitely was the message for the time, especially with COVID-19. It definitely was the message uh, tapping into like, you know, what the news was, um, you know, with our health and our mental health and finances and, you know, and relationships. It was just the message for the time. I'm curious, what led you to do the updated expanded version? Because it wasn't that long after the initial version. So what, what, what was the catalyst for that? The catalyst for that was readers coming forward, telling me, asking me questions about the first book. Like, for instance, I had mentioned that we need to hone our personal financial identities. Just as an example, readers would come back and they were like, how do I do that? Because I didn't give them a step-by-step process in that book. And they're like, I I want to know. So the updated version has a whole chapter on that with a free quiz that I developed and and, and now a course that people can take to hone that more. So it really responded to the needs of readers who were coming back saying, you know, like you mentioned this in the book, but I want to dive really deep into that. Can you help me? The other thing was COVID-19. That was a big thing. And, um, you know, different events that happened, like we had the George Floyd merger murder and we had different we had like a racial reckoning. We had different things with, um, you know, um, you know, with women and, and 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 different issues with women and women's rights. And I felt as a female author and a woman of color that I needed to integrate these social justice issues in holistic wealth and really you know, flesh that out a bit more. So the expanded version does go in in more detail in terms of diversity and inclusion and why it's so important for having holistically wealthy communities. So that was was the whole impetus behind writing that and responding to the needs of readers with an expanded version. Very cool. Very cool. And now you'd be published differently as well on on book two, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because by this time now, we had international publishers interested, um, you know, people came forward saying, you know, other publishers in different countries saying, you know, we want to publish in Australia, New Zealand, we want to publish in Hungary. And so that's how the book took on a life of its own as well. And so it's published and translated in different countries now. And, you know, as publishers came forward saying, yeah, we want to do this, we want to publish this, get this into bookstores in Australia, in New Zealand, in Hungary, so that readers can access it. That's so exciting. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really great. Congratulations. That's, that's Thank you. Very, very awesome. The other thing that I wanted to talk with you about, because I was when I was looking at your book on Amazon, I noticed you have some pretty remarkable endorsers of your book. And and they're right here. Here we go. Real Simple Magazine, Kelly Rutherford, Star of the Gossip Girl, Ariana Huffington. That she's no small fry. She's pretty big. So, you know, you've you've got some terrific endorsements here. And you know, I know that this is a area for people 
uh, who are new to authorship that often causes a great deal of anxiety and and uh, reticence and confusion around you know how to go about this. So I'd love to hear from you uh, about your experience of obtaining these endorsements. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember being there. I remember being, you know, going through the process of having to ask and how nerve wracking it was. I thought I wouldn't even have one. So what happened was, so the article, the viral article, you know, was published first on Thrive Global, which Ariana Huffington is CEO. And we had developed a relationship because she knew about the, the article. It, it really hit a nerve. And I reached out to her and I said, look, we're, we're, we're turning this article into a book now. It's going to be a book. And I said, I would love for you to, to endorse, given that your platform was the catalyst for this. This is where the journey began. And she said to me, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. And this was via email. And she said, we're going to do um, we're going to publish an excerpt on Thrive Global. And I'm going to ask my editor-in-chief to spearhead that with you. So will you work with my editor-in-chief to do that? And I was like, awesome, great. She didn't, she didn't say anything more about the blurb. But, <laughs> you know, lo and behold, when they put out the excerpt, when the book came out, um, she blurbed it then. And that's when I saw the blurb on her social media and it was published on all her social media platforms on Twitter, on Facebook, on her LinkedIn profile. And I was, you know, giddy with joy. And so that's how that one happened. You know, everyone has a story. I feel like every blurb has a story. Yeah. Yeah. To give us another fun story about that, because I think you're absolutely right. It, like how it actually comes about is, is a bit different with each one, but there are also some things that generally are effective. So in terms of asking, give give us another example of of one that you think was, I don't know, maybe especially interesting or difficult or especially easy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, Although and just that, to Ariana's that, didn't sound very hard, did it? <laughs> <laughs> and just to you, say man. too that I did send them books for Ariana and you know her so they did have time to read too and and maybe that's why she waited to blurb. You know, she waited to blurb to Right. And actually, yeah. Did what about indoor? Did you get endorsements before you went to press? Because I think that is also a time that authors are really skittish about asking before it's even gone to press. So tell us a little. Tell us about one of those and how that. Yeah. So Ariana's was after one that I got before going was, for instance, it was let's say Dave Kirpin. He's a New York Times bestselling author of Likable, and I reached out to Dave. Dave, uh, I had known not very well, but we had exchanged emails. I had done a lot of work around mentoring youth, for instance. And Dave was one of the early mentors that signed up to the platform to help with mentoring youth. So we had shared that general love of mentorship and working for young, you know, young people. And when he heard that I was writing the book, he, he, you know, I reached out to him and I said, Dave, like, would you, would you be so kind as to get, you know, to give me a blurb? And he said, where's the man, send the manuscript. And that was before obviously going to press. And it was, you know, in still in draft, still in editing. 
And he he did. And he gave a wonderful blurb. That was one of the first, very first blurbs I got that this should be required reading Holistic Wealth. And it was awesome. And so that was how that blurb came about. Um, any, and cold, of course, any cold outreach, like where you just were like, I really want this person or like where you had to maybe find some creative way to get get, you know, to be able to reach them. You know what? There was a lot of cold outreach, lots and lots and lots and lots of no's, lots and lots of no's. But I find with all of them that gave blurbs, it came about with some personal, like, for instance, I'll I'll give an example with Kelly Rutherford, who eventually became the forward writer for the expanded and updated book. So by this time, I had a podcast and I was developing relationships via the podcast. And when we were working on the expanded version, Kelly came on as a guest and she's a wonderful human being. Like even after we finished the episode, the two of us just bonded and we started chatting about our stories and our life. And she was so genuinely interested in my story. She's like, oh my gosh, look at you. Did this really happen? And we started chatting and chatting and developing a relationship. And when I thought about a forward and, you know, I said to Kelly, Kelly, would you, would you be interested in writing the forward? And she said, yes, I, you know, send me the manuscript. And that's how that started. And that's how her blurb came as a result of the forward writing process. Cause we worked on it together, word for word, back and forth with drafts. And that's how that blurb came. So I think as an author too, it goes with the journey of, not only building out the platform, but also those relationships through whatever medium. So that my podcast became now a way that I was connecting, making friends with people who I would have never met otherwise. And so some of the, you know, the blurbs came as a result of making those relationships and and really investing time in, you know. Right, exactly. And yeah, and, and not just saying, hey, you're famous. Write me a blurb. Um, yeah. So, but I, I'm, I am curious because, you know, something that you did say is you got a lot of no's. Speak to that a little bit more. How many no's did you get approximately? I got hundreds, hundreds of no's, hundreds and hundreds. It was so daunting at first that I thought I'll probably only ever, ever have two blurbs, one from Dave Kirpin. And I had reached out to Chris Bailey who he and I, you know, he's the, he's the author of several New York Times bestsellers, but he, he and I have the same alma mater in terms of university. And so I reached out to him, but I, 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 it was daunting. I, I, I had hundreds of no's and I reached out to all these big authors who I, I, I never had a relationship with and they don't know me and it's my first book. And and yeah, and, and, and most, it was like 80% of the time it was, it was a no, if not 90, maybe. Yeah. I think that's so important for people to hear mm -hmm. because there's a lot of fear around being, being told no. Um, but, you know, of course, if you don't ask, it's always a no, right? Just, just FYI. I also think that people way underestimate the effort it takes to get a substantial number of notable endorsers. You know, and that if you get 20 no's, it doesn't mean stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And this is what I did too. Even when you have published the book, keep asking. 
And when someone notable has read it or some other author that you you've always, you know, wanted to blurb it for you, ask them, did you did you like it? How was it for you? You know what? You know, that happened with um, uh, she's a professor at Harvard. And she eventually said, yes, she's called the mother of mindfulness, distinguished professor. And I'm trying to I'm trying to remember Ellen Langer, Ellen. Uh Uh And she is a distinguished professor at Harvard, Harvard. She is known as the mother of mindfulness. And she had initially said no. And I said to her, I know you, you know, you, you can't do it now, but still let me send you a copy of the book. And I did. And she said, I loved it so much. I read it twice back to back. Wow. And I was, you can't imagine, like I was just elated. So even once you've published, you know, just send, you know, send them a copy if you can. If yeah, you can. you can always update your Amazon page with more, more endorsers. Exactly. Hi there, Robin here. Have you been considering writing a thought leadership book that grows your business? How about writing a quality standout book with a real book publishing deal behind it that not only grows your business, but also grows your influence and reach? In case you're new to the author's corner, my name is Robin Colucci, and I help world-class experts write world-changing books and get them published. With over 30 years in the publishing industry, I've helped clients write and publish books with Big Five and other top publishing houses. Many have gone on to become New York Times, Amazon, and Wall Street Journal, as well as USA Today bestsellers. And others have increased their business income by 600 times or more as a result of their book being out in the world and the partnering work that they did with me and my team. If you are a top-notch expert who is ready to write your world-changing book, go ahead and book a free consultation call with my team today. We have a limited number of spots available and we only take clients who are committed to the process and want to get their book started now. If that sounds like you, go to www.robincolucci.com forward slash application. Go ahead and fill out the application form to be considered for one of our exclusive spots. Again. The link is www.robincolucci.com forward slash application. Now back to the show. Yeah. And the other thing I'm hearing that I want to make sure to call out for our listeners so that because I don't want anyone to miss this subtlety is that when you asked, you included something specific about the person you were asking or the relationship that you had with them. And if you didn't have a relationship with them, you included something about them and what they, you know, what they are to you. I mean, and I would love to hear you articulate specifically, you know, just to, to expound upon that, because I think that this is really the key to getting any, right? It's how you ask. So Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. There's something specific to them that has to do with my journey, my story, how I've connected with them, even though I haven't known, like take for instance, Ellen Langer. I did, you know, I went to, to, to this executive program at Harvard 
I had read her work on mindfulness. My book has a whole chapter on mindfulness. Holistic wealth also includes mindfulness. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could connect with her? So that was the connection point. You know, um, she was a professor at Harvard. I was a student at Harvard. And I had read her work and connected with it at some level. And I was able to articulate exactly how it, it affected me, how it affected my journey. I reached out to Malcolm Gladwell too. Oh, nice. Got, was in touch with him and used a couple quotes of his. And I said the same thing to Malcolm Gladwell. I was like, your work has affected me so much. And because I was introduced to so much of your writing in depth during my study at Harvard, I'd love for you to be involved in this way. And, and it was the same thing with Malcolm Gladwell. So you're absolutely right, Robin. There has to be something that something special about your journey and the intersection of their work and their journey that you can point to in your email outreach to say, you know what, this is so special to me because of this reason. And that's what, with every blurb that I have, there had, there was something special about that person's work or their journey. Yeah. And that, that really is the game changer right there. Yeah. It's never a form letter. Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, good on you for writing a hundred, you know, over a hundred personal letters uh, requesting these endorsements. And uh, so just again, to emphasize that it, it does take work, especially when you're a first time author uh, and, and you're, you know, anybody who's endorsing you is kind of sticking their neck out. And uh, really, yeah, it's just, it's just wonderful to see this uh, amazing list of notable folks who are proudly endorsing your book. Wow. Such good stuff. Okay. Let's, let's go back. Let's get into the book a little bit, but of course I'm going to shove the frame of author journey around it because that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cause you have a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of book where there's a lot of, a lot of ground covered actually. Uh, and you have a, quite a lot of chapters, right? So you're, you're really covering a lot of ground. If you had to pick one chapter that, that you would recommend a, an aspiring author read that would give them lessons that they could apply directly to the journey of authorship. Mm -hmm. what, what chapter would you pick in Holistic Wealth and why? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a chapter and it was actually in the viral article too, where I, I talk about build that platform <laughs> and, um, you know, hone that message. There's a chapter in the book on building that platform. And I, that's the, the chapter that I would say authors dive in, dive in. And in that chapter, I spoke about, you know, I gave an example. I gave an example of Oprah Winfrey and how she had built the best platform of all time in my, you know, in my view, my opinion, and how she went about doing that. And there's some very cool lessons in there as a result of that. Because I, it was part of my journey. It's part of every author's journey, building out that platform and thinking about what the message should be. Like I, you know, I mentor authors now. And, you know, I remember one saying to me, 
you know, I'm not sure what should be my message when I go out there with this book. And I want to make sure that I get the message right. So it's not just about writing the book. It's about the message of your brand and what you stand for and those values that are driving it. And especially with nonfiction, self-help authors too, right? It becomes critically important. And so building out that platform, diving into that chapter in Holistic Wealth is very helpful. There's another chapter, Robin, I know you asked me for one. Well, no, please. (laughs) There's another chapter on your personal mission. Mm -hmm. And I think that's chapter three in the book. But authors, I, I just recommend that when you start thinking about your author journey, that you think about your personal mission and how you want your author journey to evolve because it has to be in line with that. And it's guided me with holistic wealth, as you can imagine, because it's now my whole life mission. So it's not just a book for me. It's my whole life mission now. And it's that, you know, every boy and girl, every man and woman is touched by this message and that, you know, it can build itself into a whole series, right, of books. So not just one book. This isn't just like a um, a one thing. This is a whole lifetime of touching different areas, different people in different places in life. So that's the other chapter that I would say, and we have, you know, examples of how to build a personal mission statement and things like that. So authors can do that. Um, But those two chapters are very good. I'm sure there are others, you know, about not comparing yourself on your author journey. There's a whole chapter on do not compare your journey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Say more about that, because that really is. And first of all, I just want to slide in there a platform Mm -hmm. that represents you. That is chapter Mm -hmm. 32. Just FYI for our listeners who want to go check this out. Do not compare because, oh, my gosh, there's so many ways that authors torture themselves this way. So so (laughs) say more, please. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And this is so important for authors. And it's so amazing what we do as authors. As soon as we achieve one milestone, we move the goalpost. Right. And we look at somebody (laughs) else, somebody else's victories. You know, I'm a New York Times bestseller, but I wasn't number one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the example I was going to use. And you look at your, you know, book sales, for instance, or blurbs or you know, their books turning into movies and Netflix series, right? And documentaries, it goes on and on and on. It could be anything. And it's absolutely important not to compare. And I wrote a whole chapter on that because it's so important on our journey to remember that, you know, our journey is unique and it's, it's just hard to compare to someone else's. It's, it's so toxic. It's so toxic and it's something that will kill your motivation. It will kill everything. And so it's it's one of the things that I tell people often, other newbie writers coming up, debut authors that, you know, don't compare, don't look, just focus on your journey, focus on your mission and focus on your readers and their needs. And it will happen. Whatever is to happen, you know, it will happen. So I think for authors, they should dive into that chapter actually as well. <laughs> I agree. What chapter number is that? I think it's number five. Okay, great. You know, because what I, I that is that is so true about comparison, though. And and you know, I have like my own sort of little saying, which is I th- that comparison is the fastest road to misery uh, because there is 
and there's and there's there's two things about comparing that makes it makes it really stupid to do. One is that there's always going to be someone doing better than you and there's, you know, so-called better than you, quote, quote unquote, better. And there's always going to be someone who's not doing as well or doesn't appear to be as doing as well. So there's no way to win <laughs> comparison. And and like you said, it it kills motivation and and it undermines everything that you're trying to do when you're when you're locked in that. But I think that the other thing that it doesn't take into account, which is so vital, is, you know, nobody's life is perfect. And if you were given the opportunity to see another person's entire life and you were offered the trade, no matter who that person is, you would probably turn it down if you knew the whole picture. Yeah, so true. So true. You know, it's so funny, Robin, like you go on Amazon now and there are some books on Amazon with like 10,000 reviews. And I'm sure as a new author looking on thinking, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't. I mean, if we really look, you know, and, and think about all the steps we spoke about blurbs, then, then there are Amazon reviews and, and all these different things. It's, it's daunting. It really is daunting. And that's why comparison is so bad. Because for many of us, we just probably would give up, honestly, just give up because it looks daunting. And it's, 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 it's even harder as time goes by because of, you know, times and technology and everything. We have to be everywhere and do everything. And just, right. you know, there's some authors, you see them everywhere and you wonder where they get the time to be right. everywhere. Yeah, that's something that actually when people ask me about platform, I always say, do not try to be everywhere. Pick a couple of spots where you like to be, where you like to hang out, where you thrive and just lean in hard on those. And do you offer similar advice or what would you say about that? Because it's it's true. It can be it's really impossible to do them all well. Absolutely. And I do offer similar advice, especially for launching your book, you know, for that launch, the pre-launch period and the pre-order period, it can be very, very daunting. And you feel like you need to be everywhere, but focus on where you feel most competent. Focus on where you feel is the natural best fit of mm -hmm. your audience and yes, where, where you know, they are. Yeah. And where they are and where you feel like you, you shine best and, and, and make it authentic to you. Cause that's one thing I say in holistic wealth too. It has to be authentic. It has to feel real or else people will know it's not real. You know, if you have to try too hard, it should be fun for you. It should feel natural. You should feel like you're in your element mm -hmm. doing it. And then, you know, others will see that through you. So, so just pick a few and focus there. And as time goes by, you know, plant a seed, you plant a seed and that's, that's, that's the author road, right? We plant little seeds and they grow and, you know, and it's not a launch process is not an overnight thing. It's, it's, it's not, it's a marathon. It's not, you know, it's not a short period. It's, it's over a long time. So, yeah, that's something else that I see a lot with authors is that they, you know, the book comes out, they, they put out a concerted effort to market it for three months. It doesn't do what they hoped. And so they stop marketing it. Uh, what would you say about that, dear Keisha? Well, yeah, what would what would be your response to that? My, you know, it's it's unbelievable how you know, and 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 for comparison too, and and I think it goes back to that that you know, some people just compare and be like, well, 
that was an instant bestseller, <laughs> a New York Times bestseller. Mine still not selling well as it should be after three months. Maybe it's a sign. No, no. You need to, to really give it time. And this, this journey is a long-term journey. It's not like a three months or, or a six-month thing. You know, it, it really takes time. And sometimes it takes time to figure out, you know, what your, what your readers are thinking and really responding. And, you know, like I expanded and updated my book and, you know, and so there are opportunities there, right. To like really um, evolve. And, 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 you know, even this like instant quote unquote, instant New York times bestseller, like that is rarely the case. Um, You know, I'm thinking of a client of mine who's a New York times bestseller. And that was, 30 years in the making, if you count how far back he started building his platform. Really? Wow. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the level that he had achieved as far as the audience he'd created over the, over decades. Yeah. And his book hit the New York times bestseller list in the first week it was out, but it wasn't an instant New York times bestseller by any means. And I, I think that again, when we're comparing, if you're going to compare, <laughs> got to look at the whole picture. That's true. Yeah, that's true. What seems like it's instant has been years in the making. It's the same thing with my story. Like when I tell people my story, they're like, but it seems like it was just overnight. You had a viral article and then you had a bestseller. No, I was actually writing that memoir, Robin, for 10 years. So even though it seemed like holistic wealth just came, it was basically 10 years in the making. By the time I had wrote that viral article, I had been writing for 10 years. And not only that, in my professional life, I'm also a writer in terms of my job. So you could say I've been writing for 30 years because <laughs> I've written at the highest level. I've written for the prime minister. I've written, you know, gone around the globe with him as part of his supporting delegation to write for him. And so I've written at the highest level too. So what seems to, to people as like, oh, where is this coming from? This overnight success you've had? No, really has been years, years and years in the making. And I think that that's, you know, the best books are years and years and years in the making, both in terms of, well, at, at the very least, in terms of the author developing their understanding and expertise around what they're writing about. And of course, if you're writing your own book without help, then, you know, decades and decades of, you know, writing and being edited harshly and writing again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God bless those editors. Um, and. But I also think that it's why books have such staying power. You know, it's it's not the books that it's not the write a book in a weekend or the write a book in a 90 day program that's going to have staying power. It's the book that it's a result of sometimes it is years of um, even working on that specific book of crafting that book and making sure that you get it right. And I'm even thinking of an agent connection that I, that I have. And, you know, we're getting a proposal to her. And I said, I, I need more time because we're writing the really weird science part of the middle. And it's just, you know, taking a lot out of us to get it right. And she goes, well, you know me, I'd rather have it right than get it fast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and I think that that's, 
if you're going to be an author, you have to be, you have to have some degree of patience or practice it. I, I so agree. And I respect the craft of writing so much. I have so much respect for the craft that I wanted to do it the absolute best I could. And with the absolute best, you know, around me in terms of expertise and, you know, and my professional uh, life was riding on it and, you know, my reputation and, you know, and so I wanted it to be the absolute best. <laughs> terrific, terrific. Well, Keisha, I cannot believe how quickly this time has flown by. I've just had so much fun chatting with you and comparing notes and hearing this, you know, these all these inside stories about how you got to where you are with this book and, you know, all the all the things that went into its success. So before I let you go, though, I'm going to ask you my final question, which is, Keisha, what have I not asked you today that you would love to answer? Wow. Wow. That's a tough one, Robin. You've asked some amazing questions. You've asked some amazing questions. But you know what? There is one. Uh There is one. And so many people ask me, Holistic Wealth, what a tremendous name. What, Mm. What a classic. How did you come up with it and how has it evolved? And so it was the viral article as well that my editor said, you know, my editor and she said, you know what? Holistic wealth is coming out of this viral article. Everything that you've put here is holistic wealth. And so I am credited with coining the term holistic wealth because of my book. And it's now, you know, we have three books available, the first edition, the expanded edition and a workbook. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there are three books and people can get the workbook online. It's everywhere as well. And a movement and a global movement because of you know, the journey and how people responded. So for the authors out there who are listening, you know, this is how your work can really impact the world. And this is, you know, my journey and I'm I'm hoping people get inspiration from it. But, you know, it really evolved into a global movement for holistic wealth. And, you know, now now I host the podcast and I founded the Institute on Holistic Wealth. But this is, you know, how that has, you know, blossomed from organic, just grassroots, mostly women who came mm. forward, who said, mm. you know, we want to take this in our communities. Mm. So, Beautiful. you know, as an author, that's the importance of our work. And that's the importance of us really sticking through it, you know, and really delivering on, you know, that, that motivation that we have to get this message out there. So that's what I... <laughs> I love to say about, you know, my journey and and how it's evolved. Well, Keisha, I am just so uh, pleased and and want to thank you again for sharing this part of your journey with us here today on the Author's Corner. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.